Hello and welcome to the Technicast. Most of us have now spent the better part of 18 months living almost exclusively online. In various meetings we may have seen more of our own face than ever before. We may have curated only the on-camera part of our bodies in an effort to perform different selves. This curated digital appearance is not unlike what Generation Z and others have been doing on Instagram and social media for years. In this episode, we're linking our previous theme of technology with our new theme of materials. Our guest is Rose Coffey, who studies digital fashion. Rose focuses on the link between fashion, dress and identity, and for her, augmented reality filters and edited selfies posted by Gen Z onto Instagram are the digital equivalent to the way we dress in the physical world, with parallels to the functions of dress itself. Here she is now with her essay on new materiality and digital dress. Materials are everything. The materiality of the world we live in and our material bodies navigating that material world constitutes our entire lived experience. My recent research was born from an ethnographic observation of an emerging visual trend in digital beauty culture. I am interested in representations in media and the particular aesthetic that was emerging through augmented reality beauty filters a few years ago was a kind of alien cyborg, coined in a New Yorker article as Instagram face. Now I'm sure you're aware of this face. It is ethnically ambiguous, with high cheekbones, luminescent glowy skin, often with a smattering of freckles across its tiny upturned elfin nose, cat-like eyes with long lashes and plump lips. Moreover, it's not quite human. The beauty ideal of the age of Instagram, and more particularly a photorealistic augmented reality on Instagram, fascinates me. I asked myself what it was indicative of, and whilst age-old ideas of misogyny and ageism are evident, it was the cyborg aspect, the blurring of binary categories such as man or woman, animal or human or machine, the way that increasingly the boundaries between physical and virtual are being blurred suggests there is more to this than a mere beauty trend. This look marks a transitional moment in time, far beyond AR filters, cosmetic surgery and makeup looks. My fascination with Instagram face expanded into a fascination with identity construction in digital aesthetic culture. The endless state of aesthetic rebirth in online space demonstrates that these realms are being utilised as a virtual canvas to perform a fluid identity. And I began to examine how these performances flowed across the physical world and the digital world. This marked the emergence of digital, Physical and digital. These two realms are often spoke about in terms of reality, with the physical and non-digital referred to as real, suggesting that digital is somehow false. The selfie on social media serves as both a participatory and documentative act, which has become intrinsic to everyday social life for Gen Z. Could using technological advances on a self which can be moulded and altered so easily in virtual realms impact the physical self and ultimately who we are? A conversation with a friend one day where I was musing as to why temporary adornments and facial editing on selfie images were condemned as false, yet cosmetic alterations are more widely accepted as a step towards one's true self in contemporary society, turned into a light bulb moment. We are dressing our digital selves. With this in mind, it is important to define exactly what is meant by digital in current context. 
It was a term I initially borrowed from an article discussing augmented reality. And although I am interested in AR, the term developed outside this and the meaning of fidgetal expanded beyond this classification. Fidgetal references specific instances of using digital media where the lines of existing virtually and physically are blurred. These are what are referred to as fidgetal realms. The term fidgetal self also accounts for the performative affects resulting from the self-representations constructed within these spaces. For example, when we are engaging with augmented reality facial filters, our physical bodies react accordingly, in that our virtual self is both mirroring our physical self and simultaneously being visually altered. Even the action of taking and posting videos and photos of ourselves is of relevance when in that instance, we become both the physical director and the virtual subject existing as one. A material object central to digital dress, therefore, is the smartphone. The way the physical body interacts with the smartphone, the way it becomes an extension of the human body, and the multiple iterations of self the smartphone can create through its functions, as well as the infinite connectivity it provides, bridges the gap between the physical world and the virtual world. As John Berger noted, to touch something is to situate oneself in relation to it, end quote. And in basic terms, the materiality involved in capturing, editing and posting images of self requires physical touch, actions and gestures. Additionally, the continuous presence of the internet and the everyday accessibility of smartphones makes it possible for a viewer to observe the self-representation for the first time at any given moment, and also to revisit it by scrolling backward. This is why digital is not limited to the merging of physical and virtual, it also covers feelings and experiences beyond human perception and representation, which are the affects of a digital self existing in digital realms. In order to fully establish how we can construe social media profiles and the physical bodies connected to them, the spaces where we can dress ourselves, I refer to a key bit of theory. Iker's classification of dress argues that we recognize that the dressed person is a gestalt that includes body, all direct modifications of the body itself, and all three-dimensional supplements added to it, end quote. With this in mind, it can be considered that through technological advances, our body can be dressed in renewed ways. Ica's definition of dress speaks of direct modifications. Hence, I reference the smartphone as the foundation for understanding how its physicality connects the virtual adornment to the user. Therefore, the social act of fashion and dress remains unchanged as all human cultures dress themselves in some way, transforming flesh and embellishing it with meaning. Likewise, the aesthetic tendencies of AR beauty filters, selfies and other self-representation trends demonstrate contemporary ways in which the body can be imbued with meaning. Thinking in terms of the materiality of digital and the self-representations I'm focusing on requires an understanding of how we interpret meaning. As Hall explained in his encoding-decoding model, Representations are thought of as culturally constructed, taking on different meanings depending on the context. He emphasised that the decoding of a text may not mirror its encoding. An example I can give is, even when reading a physical book on paper, you are actively engaging with the book as you read it, and therefore participating in the meaning it creates. Likewise, when you engage with a phone or a computer. So now I ask, what would these words say to you were you not hearing my voice speak them? If we were not engaging in a podcast, how would they materialise as something different? 
The contents of this talk is perceived by you. You can physically control the digital me, alter my volume, or completely shut me down. However, I will remain here as I am presenting in these realms. It has happened. This demonstrates how the author, creator, presenter, me in this case, is not in full control of the meaning they are communicating. Your role as readers and listeners and viewers experiencing this talk and the context in which it is experienced demonstrates how meaning is in flux and technology extends meaning across realms in a fluid manner. This is why FIGITAL must be understood as more than just the merging of virtual and physical realms. A FIGITAL self is a fluid and mediatised self and is constantly evolving through its various contexts and perceptions. The FIGITAL self is ultimately constructed and brought into being in four steps. One, created. Two, edited. Three, published. And four, continually performed through the material affects of the performative FIGITAL self. Now. When looking at a filtered selfie, these gestures and actions involved in the production and editing of self are inherently understood to have occurred through the very existence of the self-representation. I employed practice-based research by engaging with the AR beauty filters myself in order to involve my material body in embodied digital dress. Watching a virtual representation of myself transform and alter affected me in that it made me feel various things, including unease, delight and disgust amongst others. Although I was not able to feel this type of dress on my skin and body in the way that typical forms of dress can, the sensorial aspect and bodily impacts were still present. Moreover, my hands gripped the phone, my fingers slid across the screen, I saw my reflection in the glassy surface and the light from the screen lit up my face in the dark. Again, the concept of technological extension of self was evidenced as my body and the smartphone functions connected cyclically through this embodied practice. Fidgetal, therefore, considers in new materialist terms that the representations of self which are posted to Instagram are a form of dress due to their performative material affects. New materiality in fidgetal dress ultimately argues that the physical materiality of our bodies, technology and the world we live in are interlinked asserting the importance and physicality of our fleshy bodies in connection with the digital extensions of self. The key findings establish that as dress is always in relation to the body, the body can be dressed in virtual space as equally as the physical body in real space. From a new materialist perspective, this takes into consideration the endless material elements beyond human perception and linguistic explanation. Ultimately, the notion of a digital self demonstrates both sociological and technological evolution. Although physical can exist without the virtual, our increasingly mediatised world makes it almost impossible to avoid engaging with a form of digital dress. Whether it be your profile photo on LinkedIn or a casual TikTok post, this is the tip of the iceberg in terms of societal and media advances. My research is currently focused specifically on Generation Z, as they are indicative of the trajectory that digital is on, blurring the lines between physical and virtual in such a way that they are impossible to distinguish between. It is my belief that digital will eventually supplant the two, and ultimately, the very notion of self and identity construction takes on new meanings through this understanding. And Rose joins us in the studio now. Hi, Rose. Hello. 
So I have to say for the benefit of our listeners that I'm what I believe is called a geriatric millennial and, um, and I'm not the most active on social media either. So for me, this idea of, of filters as dress and your digital self was a very interesting take. But it also made me think, you know, how new is this really? Because portraits have been dressed up for, for centuries, as anyone who's been to the National Portrait Gallery might know. And we've always posed for pictures and we dress for society. So we've performed this idea of the self quite a lot. So what would you say is different now, if anything is different? Or is this just the next step in the evolution? Well, I'm a millennial as well, and I'm quite similar to you. Before this project, I didn't really engage with social media that much. I didn't have a TikTok account or anything like that. And my background is in fine art, actually. So I've always loved traditional self-portraits. And I'd go to the galleries and look at them all the time. And I never really made the connection. And whilst self-portraits aren't new at all, and we have always dressed, I guess, for society, it was the everyday aspect of these online self-portraits and these selfies that intrigued me. And prior to the technological advances, a self-portrait was an event. And I still believe that the selfie is used as a tool in communicating a message about who we are, really, to society. I definitely believe it's a big step in the evolution of kind of self-representation. And it's the everyday accessibility, really, and the dissemination of these self-representations. And I spoke about the constant presence and the constant consumption that allows them to be kind of continually performed. And that's what really excited me about these digital selves. And I also spoke about using the spaces as a virtual canvas and the ability to experiment with and build a digital body. In fact, multiple digital bodies, really, in order to explore all the facets of who you are. It's very freeing. And this is a type of dress that I find quite revolutionary, I would say. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. It's sort of everywhere and it's constant there. And you say at some point in your paper that you feel that the digital self is supplanting the digital and the physical so that it's becoming a sort of mix. So do you think that that's the real big change that the digital or digital is now affecting our physical actively? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the increasing mediatization of society is obviously affecting how we go about living and definitely the notions of Instagrammability of physical space but more so the way that the smartphone and the social spaces made everything accessible through the smartphone and it's so interlinked with the physical I mean we can watch Instagram stories of someone's night out in real time and feel like we're there and we can in terms of dress we can connect with someone in the furthest corner of the world and almost recognize an element of our own identity that we weren't able to quite articulate before. And I find that quite beautiful. There's people out there that have aspects of themselves they can't understand. And the infinite connectivity the smartphone has given us has allowed us to expand on who we are. And the reason the word digital is so important in my work, it's because the digital affects the physical so much and continues to do so. You said before that you felt it was liberating or freeing. And, and now you're saying it's allowing us to present who we are so do we think that's what it is that it's allowing us to be more of ourselves or do you think that there's also a negative impact that it's making us become something that is well I think in sociological conditions there's always a negative there's always a performance the pressure to be something I looked at two key scholars I looked at George Simmel and Irving Goffman to kind of explore this and 
George Simmel spoke directly about fashion and he spoke about how it's a contradiction of wanting desperately to fit in, but also to stand out. And I found that so applicable to the way we live online. Everyone wants to be the same, but also to be completely unique. And then Irving Goffman spoke about the performativity of self in everyday life. And I combined the two of those together. And I think there definitely is negative aspects of perhaps feeling pressure to perform a certain self that isn't authentic. I mean, I don't really like the word authentic because who's to say who you are? And the idea of being able to experiment, I think that's quite freeing. There's no pressure to decide immediately, this is who you are, you will stay that way. So like I mentioned before, the multiple facets of self that can be explored, I think that's definitely a positive. Yeah. But so then if we come back to the Instagram phase that you mentioned in your talk and we put that in a context of dress and of fashion, would you say that Instagram face, which is this sort of recognizable thing, so almost you know, a universal face, albeit not quite human, as you say, but um, so do you think that's the fashion of the day or is it something much deeper than fashion? Well, Instagram face as an aesthetic, I think that will most certainly evolve and change as all kind of beauty ideals do. However, I think it's indicative of something more. Building on Goffman's concept of everyday performativity, you can argue that through a reconsideration of dressing the body, the self is fundamentally enacted through a process of repeated actions and gestures. And it's these repeated gestures involved in the construction of self. And I use Instagram face more as an example than like a definitive aesthetic. And it's involved in the construction of self that shows we as a society are exploring the multiple facets of who we are. That's interesting. If we combine this conception of self and society, like, because am I right in assuming that Instagram face seems to be either tacitly or explicitly referring mainly or only to women? Um, I mean, in terms of the practice-based research that I did, I'm a woman and I felt a kind of lack of control at some points because my position as a white working class woman it imbued my body with meaning because of the historical associations of my bodily identity so in social settings it inflicted it with meaning through the very existence of my body so already I had these associations of being a woman and in the historical context of dress and fashion and facial adornment it's all typically attached to women definitely and my study is interested in exploring the rejection of these fixed social categories. And whilst I say that, I think it still must be acknowledged that social pressures of body alteration and change that women have endured throughout history really remain a factor and contribute towards that perception of self as a whole. So whilst it wasn't intended to look at women more so negate the whole ideology of gender really I think in current context that must be considered that a lot of women tend to engage more so probably because of the historical pressures of finding themselves and presenting themselves in certain ways. I found that really interesting in your talk about the misogyny that is involved in it and and how that relates to the lack of control that you talked about this idea that we're not completely in charge of how we are seen and of the meaning that is created so I thought this connection, you know, between what you say, this performativity of self and yet these really strong social pressures um, and they, they even the fidgetal realm, as you call it, doesn't seem to escape it. So what does that say about us as a society, do you think? I think 
we're in a constant state of contradiction always. I mean, I, I mentioned that Fidgetal initially started off as merely the combination of physical actions and digital actions, and then it evolved into something so much more than that. And it is these constant clashing of contradictions in every aspect of what I explored. I mean, societal aspects, personal aspects. And talking about that lack of control, I did some practice-based research where I engaged with the AR filters that kind of preset into Instagram. And that's where I felt the control was taken from me because these were preset aesthetics that were kind of applied to my face. So I embarked on what I called facetune paintings where I could distort and edit my image myself. Um, and the intention of that was to look monstrous and to look less human and less feminine as such. And interestingly, as I was exploring how Fidgetal can negate those binary fixed categories, doing those facetune paintings made me feel more powerful and less like I was engaging in a misogynistic practice. And whilst digital advances, they're not going to change an inherently misogynistic society immediately. I'm kind of hopeful that the ability to be who you want to be with regards to gender without fear in these virtual realms, it will make it more possible. Yeah, amazing. I was thinking this, this whole time throughout listening to your paper, what it can mean, how it can help us to think of the digital self as being dressed and whether that returns a certain element of power to us. And I think through this facetune and through this performativity, I think you, you demonstrate really well how that can be done. Is that something that is really part of you as a sort of maybe political statement or as an impact of your research? Yeah, on a personal level, I've always been interested in how I can present myself in a way that feels like me. And that can change from a day-to-day -day basis. And in my research, I think, particularly when you are involved in such heavy research over a long period of time, the personal really does seep in. And as I was studying the experience of being in these spaces and very personal issues, and then I engaged in practice-based research myself and the facetune paintings, they giving me that control as well. I think I'll continue to use my own body as a way to explore these concepts as they evolve themselves. So has it for you, because you, you engaged in this practice-based research, has it changed anything for you physically, in your, in your physical self? I actually think I feel more comfortable in my physical self. Maybe seeing it more as a blank canvas. I, I mean, in my personal life, I still don't really use Instagram. I think I'm a bit too old now. Um, but I love to observe and I have a renewed way of thinking about it in more of a positive way. I was certainly guilty before of thinking that everyone was just conforming and it was just a misogynistic practice put upon young women, which that is still that case. That's still entirely relevant. But I've just seen more of a positive side to it and it's really excited me, especially with the technological advances where AR is going to go and with the impending 5G impact that's going to happen. I think it is really exciting to see how the, these boundaries can be pushed. And certainly, I mean, I grew up in a very working class environment and the ability that it's given people, no matter your socioeconomic background, to have the ability to dress yourselves and your physical self in any way, that certainly really was a positive thing for me. Great. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Because as I said uh, before, I'm really not au fait with this uh, social media world and digital realms at all. So to get your take, which I think is very nuanced and shows the sort of positive and negatives and you know, much better than this black and white vision that many people have of my age and older, maybe. So yeah, thank you very much for that. I think it's it's really interesting. And I believe you're uh, you're currently applying for for PhDs. So um, good luck with that. And I fingers crossed that thank you. Uh, you get the funding that this research deserves. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Rose Coffey is an MA graduate in digital fashion media and hopes to start her PhD work next year. Next time on the Technicast, Polly Hember will expand on the meaning of dress. Her guest will be doctoral candidate Ella Muir, whose research looks at the clothing of queens in England and France in the period of 1515 to 1547, and how it is bound up with notions of identity and nationhood. That's all for this episode of The Technicast. We hope you enjoyed it. If so, please share it with your friends and consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Our thanks go to Techne for their support. I'm Julien Klein, and on behalf of the Technicast team, thanks for listening.